Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Legion of Myth live stream, episode 207, the 30th of March, 2019. March has come in like a lion and out like a lamb, and my favorite lamby-haired person is here with me, Brett Heathen Dog Grissomer, and I, your shepherd through life, Alex Garthon Marsh. All right. How are I'm you a, today, Mr. Lamb. Grissomer? I'm a lamb. Well, you're That's wearing great. a sweater. That's what made me think of it. It's, uh, okay. I'm, I'm not doing great. I'm sick. I hope everyone's doing well. And uh, not I just might. the normal being him no. sick. No, not the normal being me sick. Uh, I got a fever that's telling me to lie down, but my dedication is telling me to sit up. Yeah, he didn't listen to me. I told him not to. I told him, go to bed. I got the stream all by myself. We'll talk about comics. Lots of comics. Yeah, we got lots of comics. That's right. In today's segments, we're going to talk about Heathen Dog. Heathen Dog, but anime on the stream with Gugure Kokori-san. Gugure. Gugure? Yep. You sure? I'm, I, I'm I, sure. I know you're sure. Kukuri-san and the rising of the shield hero. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a lot of controversy with that one. I'm going to touch on that. Yeah, well, uh, why is bit. there controversy? I want to know because I saw in your slides said controversy. Yeah. yeah, I got to talk about it, but I don't really want to. But it's it's integral to the plot. So ah. And in Garthon's comic poll, we have Doctor Afro number thirty, Superior Spider number four, and Detective Comics number one thousand. Uh, I know I've talked about these two comics, Afra and Superior Spider-Man, quite a bit on the stream, mm-hmm. uh, but I want to talk about these because they're key issues, things are happening. And in the RNG, it just says topic, because the topic is more comic books, so I want to keep it topical. That's why I left it there. feel good, good about job. that. Thank you. So, information, upcoming advertisements, support and spread the word about the Legion of Myth. And if you want to advertise to the Legion of Myth, get in touch with our special administrative assistant, Mrs. Max Leo, and he will go and tell you everything you need to know about how to advertise the Legion of Myth. Your ad here. A special thank you to our top current subscribers. Here are all of our Twitch subscribers in March, and thank you every mu- very much, everyone. Remember, every month you have a special subscriber-only giveaway right here on the live stream. We already had it for March. Already had it. Thank yep. you, but April's coming up. That's right. Especially thanks to our top donations and patrons. Uh, top through Streamlabs is Baldahar. Thank you so much at twitch.streamlabs.com slash Myth. Our top cheerer in Twitch is Zon. Thank you so much. Uh, Twitch gift subscriptions. Don't have those currently. March patrons. Top is Brian Hicks. We also still have Sheriff Sharon Matthews. Thank you so much, everyone, for supporting the Legion Myth. It is your support that keeps us going, and we appreciate it. It's true. Really quick, we're going to talk about our goals. Like to talk about that, let everyone know how we're doing. Our current Twitch sub follower goal, just followers, is a thousand. We're up again. Uh, we're at 785, so we're hoping to get more of those. Tell Check out the know. subscriber goal. Yeah. Oh my God, two away. Two more subscriptions will activate a giveaway. That is absolutely insane. That's absolutely. We're two away from our subscriber goal. We're at 100. Yes. Wow. Two more guys. Come on. April's coming. Be a fool. Be cool. Subscribe doesn't work but on april 1st you can do that and it will work so uh youtube subscriber goal all right we lost youtube subscriber don't know why it doesn't hurt to be a subscriber but youtube's having some having some shakeups right now youtube's weird they keep changing their payment models and stuff uh so watch on that Uh, we're looking for 2000 patreon goal uh we're looking a little more from that but you know what hey we'll take whatever we can get we support all of our patrons thank you so much we do have exclusive stuff there we're gonna get more soon so let us know what content would encourage you and all your friends to subscribe. What ACGN content would encourage you. What will meet these goals achieve? Well, spread the word. We, for each individual goal we hit in 2019, 
we'll have a contest specific to that venue. So we're so close to 100 subscribers, which will lock an additional five additional sub-only giveaways, which will be awesome. Uh, if all four goals are met and held for three months, we have a special contest with at least $1,000 worth of prizes. The more growth, the more prizes. Tell everyone you know, every nerd, every friend you have, let them know. Join us. Be one of us. We'll all be one together. Remember. The, the thing is, though, uh, with with uh, with your all four gold prize, it's priceless. I mean, it can't. It be... is. I will actually get make an epic painting of you. Yeah, oil you to... canvas, the whole thing. That well, acrylics, acrylics oh, on acrylics. canvas, acrylics on canvas. That's right. You want to be an epic warlord? You want to be a starship captain? That will happen. I can make that happen. I'm not claiming I'm the world's greatest artist, but you'll have a Garth on original. That's right. So we have over 200 hours of family-friendly Legion of Myth weekly live stream. Over 200 family-friendly live streams. Oh. And we have over 200 episodes, over four years of content. We have hundreds of hours of content just waiting for you to come into. Our anime reviews, our comp reviews, our informative tabletop gaming fundamentals, interesting random nerd topics. Elgarian is streaming every day for you. His ancestors died and came to America just so he could bring you exciting soda content. Lord British gave up an entire empire to make that game so Algarian could stream it. I have that on good authority. Yep. Also, other games for your enjoyment. Heathen Dog plays his Let's Plays currently with Pacify. It has been fun watching him get turned into a doll and jump scare. It's been fun. I've been watching that. God. <laughs> have you... I, 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 I can't play more than an hour at a time because those <laughs> jump scares are no joke. And... I, I get all messed up in my head. It's funny. I, I, I like watching you get nervous. It's hilarious. And Garth and he like team up with this. Right now we're doing the Star Trek Online Foundry Preservation Project. Uh, we're doing as many Foundry missions as we can. We also have our Thursday team up where we're currently playing through Discovery Area Characters Star Trek Online. And that is a lot of fun. You should join us for that. And we have more. You can join the Legion. Join us on Discord. Watch us on YouTube. Just go there. Look up Legion of Myth. We're there. Get our gear. Shop.spreadshirt.com. Follow us on Twitter at Legion of Myth. Watch us live on Twitch. The best way to get along and interact with us. Audio version SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music. Upcoming activities. Twitch follower subscriber giveaway. Next is 13th of April, 2019. Every five sub entries activates up to three $25 Amazon gift cards. But in April, if we make that goal, it would be up to... Uh, oh, no, no, no. It's, it's a five additional gifts. It doesn't have right. to be gift cards. Oh, that'll be exciting. It doesn't have to be gift cards. That's true. It'll be many be things. But we have yeah. gift cards. We have games. We have all sorts of stuff. We give away. Given away in previous contests. We've given away RPG books, video games, and Legion of Myth swag. Yep. Also, look forward to Gen Con 2020. We know it's early, but ticket registration is in January 2020. The activity signups are in May 2020, and the event is in August of 2020. We know it's early. Start planning now to be with us at Gen Con. The Legion of Myth wants you to be there, hanging out with us. We want to hang out with you. There's, and if you don't, you decide you don't like us after all, Gen Con's huge. You'll, you'll never have to see us again. It'll be fine. That's true. Yeah, you can. Oh my God, I hate that guy. Then just walk away. Yeah, we'll be sad. We, we won't let you know externally. Internally, though. We'll, we'll all be drinking that night, but whatever. Yeah, yeah it'll be, well, that's why I'll be drinking, because we'll be sad. Twitch streaming schedule, we showed that at the beginning. We're showing it again. Enjoy it. Love it. Live it. Elgarian, Monday through Friday at 9 a.m., Shroud the Avatar. And throughout the week at 6.30 p.m., various different games. You should check that out. It is fun. He the Dog, Sunday, 9 p.m., Central Time, Star Trek Online with Garthon. As long as the Foundry lasts, that'll happen. That will change after April 11th. That's correct to Garthon's console time, unless we come up with a better name. 
Right now it's Garth Thun. Probably. I don't, we can yeah. figure that out. Uh, Garth Thun's JRPG Showdown. It's not really a showdown. Hoedown. Ooh. Mixing the cultures. JRPG Hoedown. Huh. <laughs> That's a terrible... Don't encourage me. No, no. I, I like where your head's at. Uh, my, you can tell my family's a little bit country. Keep keep pushing through. Keep pushing. All right, jam. Uh, Hootenanny. <laughs> JRPG Hootenanny. I think you're pulling. <laughs> uh, no one else is going to have the JRPG Hootenanny. That's true. Of course, they don't have to wear like a cowboy hat and stuff, or just or sit on a hay bale the whole time, or just wouldn't fit. Yep, and wear plaid. Oh yeah, would have to. Thursday, Star Trek Online. We talked about that. Saturday, live stream. Be there. Garthon, you already talked. I'm with everyone else, so you already heard about that. Thank Rating you. system, one half star, bad. Five star, good. Not hard. Disclaimer. Nope. The opinions expressed in this episode are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator and are not representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization. While we make an effort to provide a family, friendly atmosphere, there may be the occasional use of foul or even offensive language. Thank you for your understanding and continued viewership. Honestly, we really don't need the disclaimer. Because you Max Leo that... isn't with us. No, I, we, I'm saying we don't need it, but I love it. Okay. It makes well, me happy to say that every That's time. That's fine. If you're a fan of anime, tabletop gaming, or both, don't miss an episode of Heathen Dog's Heathen Dogma. Every week, Heathen Dog alternates between anime reviews and tabletop gaming fundamentals. Watch live and chat with Heathen Dog every Saturday at 8 p.m. Central Time to share your thoughts and recommendations with him. And now, without further ado, is the man who came forth to us through a crack in space-time. He could have used his mighty powers to change the fundamental laws of physics as we know it, but lo, he did look down upon the world, and he did say, that is not where truth lies, because truth is beauty, and the most beautiful thing one could have is the conception of life itself, not in actual creation, but in the thought, the conception of thought, where all things originate, and that chemical electrical pulse is the center of the mind, the mind which is but a symbol for the eternity of the cosmos coming together, and in that, I deliver unto you, Heathen Dogs, anime on the stream. Thank you, Gartha, for that colorful introduction, as always. But, as we all we all know that we're going to get a jump scare. Ah! <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. If you're watching on Twitch, go ahead and follow and maybe even subscribe as well. It's totally Two in away. my face. Two away. Two, Two away, away, baby. Get rid of it. All right. Our first anime is Gugure Kokore-san. Now, this is all about uh, a girl, uh, a, a, a little girl. And uh, she she calls a fox spirit, and the fox spirit decides to haunt her. And what? hilarity ensues. Why did she call a fox spirit? Well, it's a uh, Kokori is a game, an ancient game. Uh, okay, so she's playing the game. All right, I get it. Yeah, she's you're not supposed to play it with it's 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 kind of like a, a a Ouija board. You're not supposed to play it alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, because uh, the spirit can attach itself to you if you're alone. Fair enough. Yeah, and so she plays it alone, and the spirit decides to attach itself to her. Okay, now, let's look at the details first. Uh, as you can see, it was written and directed by the same person, so this is one person's vision. One person's vision on screen. It's like Quentin Tarantino for anime. There you go. That's it. Now, it uh, has 12 episodes, that's all. Or Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. 
uh, original run was from uh, October to December in 2014. And because Legion of Myth is doing so well, we are making an over $10 a month profit. Yeah. Eat, take that, mom. The organization got itself a Crunchyroll account. Yeah, oh, that's going to eat into it. <laughs> that's going to eat a lot of it, actually. So, <laughs> so, uh, so this is, you can watch it on Crunchyroll. Now, let's get into the main characters. First character, Kukuri. He is a fox spirit. Now, Kukuri isn't his name. He was summoned by the game, Kukuri. He just uses uses the name. He's been called many things throughout throughout the ages. But uh, he just decided to call himself the name of the game because why not? Reasons. The 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 game is like a it's 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 like it's like Ouija, but it's weirder. It's like three bamboo sticks. On top of that, you put a pot and you put a cloth on top of the pot and you draw numbers and characters on the cloth and you use a coin and the coin moves itself and answers questions. It's, it's a whole thing. But, uh, the, the, the girl Kohina, uh, decided to do this. And the, the, the game is to, is to call a spirit to answer questions for you. All right. Well, the Fox spirit comes and, uh, decided that, uh, Kohina's life was bad, quote unquote, bad. Now, when it, when, by bad, he means that she has no friends. She eats crap all day, and he can't he can't have that. So he decides to haunt her so he can cook her good food and get her friends. I wish someone would haunt me for that. Hey, you just, know what? Just saying. Yeah, but it turns out he's not a very good informational source. Hmm. Uh, he admits that uh, his powers have waned quite a bit since the invention of the internet. Yeah, less people need to ask spirits, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and no, no one's calling him for information anymore, so he's got less worshippers, and power goes down. So that's that is Kokuri. Now Kohina, uh, young girl, she lives alone. I don't, I don't know why. It never explains dumb stuff like like this in Japanese anime. It never explains why an eight year old girl lives all alone. How does she get money to get food? How does she get money to pay for electricity, water? I, I think never. The, I think the implication is her parents just work so much she never sees them. No, no, they're gone. Oh, they're gone. Well, they I ditch exist. her too. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't. Yeah, anyway. uh, she thinks of herself as a doll. The reason, reason because she is emotionally shut down. Jeez, that's she. Uh, she must have been diddled by an uncle, like a long time ago, because she is All right, emotionally too far. wrecked. All right, she's wrecked. She. Well, her parents ditched her. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get it. And uh, she only eats instant ramen. All kinds of instant ramen, mind you. Well, at least instant, she instant ramen is really bad for you. Well, she has her Satan ramen right there, so I guess she's doing good. That's true, yeah. Well, I think it's pointed toward her, so it's actually 999. No, look at the side of the dish. Nope, you're absolutely right. Yep, all right, that sucks. And she has no friends, but she says that doesn't bother her because she has no emotions. Maybe, maybe, she's it's, just... maybe it's extra spicy. Sorry. Yeah, could be. Now, initially, she says that she does not need Kokuri around, all right? Constantly telling him to go away, calling the cops on him all the time to get him arrested. How do you call cops on a... Uh, no, sorry, I'm interrupting. Go ahead. No, no, he, he physically manifests, yeah. so so he can be touched. Fair enough. And he he's not been worshipped for a long time, so he has very little powers. But uh, when no one's looking at him, he can just disappear. So they throw him in a cell, and they turn him back, and he's gone. Now, when he does leave, she cracks. I 
when I say crack, I mean she emotion she shows emotion. And what happens is her her character model changes. As you can see, her her eyes are rectangular, like you know, like yeah. robots type thing. But when she shows emotion, her face changes to be more human. Alright, that's neat too. Alright, fair enough. I get it. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I didn't like it. But uh yeah, so so that that is Kohina. Now, uh the, I will I don't talk about shows past the first three episodes because that's usually what they use to set up the series. Everything else is spoilers. All right, fair enough. Now they didn't they didn't introduce anyone until the end of the third episode, and that and that that was the the guy in the back who's who's drinking the sake. He is he's another he's another kind of spirit. And uh, the 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 guy with the gun who's a dog spirit. Now the thing is, they start off being antagonists, but they're not really antagonists. It's it's more like a kid friendly soap opera. Because the other spirits join the cast, initially they have some sort of uh, uh, antagonism that is not dangerous at all, and then they all turn into friends by all like right. an episode or two. All right, so it's more adding to an ensemble cast. There, there is no, uh, no nothing you have to beat. Uh, there is no overarching story. There's, There's no overfiend like or anything. No, no, nothing like that. It's it's all character driven. Uh, so it's more like a soap opera, you know, just that's, that's it. That's all how right. it's written and that's how it works. Now let's talk about what I thought about it. Not a whole lot. <laughs> no, not, not very highly of it at all. Not very highly. Okay. The good things I can say about it, the writing was consistent. All right. Uh, if, if, uh, if characters, uh, change their viewpoint or change, change the way they normally act, it was, it was completely, uh, derived from, uh, what happened to them in the story. So All right. you know, they didn't just change the way they quote unquote sound for no reason. And uh, all of the spirits and the game and everything like that is, has a historically accurate premise. You know, the, 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 the way she set, sets up the, the uh, Kokuri board is exactly how the, the ancient Kokuri board was actually set up. All of these spirits, the Fox spirit, the cat spirit, the dog spirit, and, and the, the other ensemble spirits, they all, they all act initially like their uh their uh myth- mythological counterparts so that was good you know they they uh they kept it historically accurate at least in the beginning what i didn't like about it is it's too japanese now what i mean by that is if you weren't immersed from birth or very early on in japanese culture uh myth and folklore there's there's no hook for you there's no hook to get you really invested in this and on top of that, the dialogue is bad. Now, when I mean bad, I mean when characters are talking to each other, it's ridiculous. To me, it was absolutely ridiculous, and I didn't want to listen to it anymore. Like it was, it was written dumb. for children. No, no, no. no. The, uh, there, there are people that love the Three Stooges. And yeah. there are people that hate the Three Stooges. Yeah, that's also true, yes. There are people that love uh, i was i was talking to max Leal about this uh uh three amigos mm-hmm. and there are people that just hate three amigos and the reason they do that is because when they when the characters are talking to each other if both characters are idiots it just hurts some people's brains fair enough and all of the characters when they were interacting with each other or they were hitting a problem for the first time everyone was on the same level of stupid 
no one was no one is ever adept at anything all right and it really got on my nerves after a while so yeah i mean it was just written it was written poorly i said it was consistent which it is but poorly written <laughs> yes consistently poorly written it's consistently poor so that is uh guguri i screwed up again gugure uh san all right two stars two not stars, recommended man. not at all now here we got it we got a one that's better a rising of the shield hero now this one has a premise that initially starts off at like like a lot of other ones like uh, log horizon sword art online whatever uh, a guy is pulled into a world that is seemingly a game all right but it really gets a uh, it, it, it really get, gets its own identity after the first three, four episodes. So I like that. Now let's, uh, let's talk about the uh, shield hero details here. Uh, it's currently ongoing. It is, it is simulcast on Crunchyroll. So there's been 12 episodes. You get a new episode every Wednesday and uh, it started uh, January 9th. And of course to now. Very cool. There you go. Now, Let's talk about the main character. Now, Fumi Iwatani. Now, he was summoned to a fantasy world by a magic ritual. His his particular one was uh, he was in the library because he had ran out of money from you know he, he couldn't buy any more light novels, so he went to the library to look at their light novel collection, and he pulled this book out, and another book fell on his head. He looked at this book. This is an old book that didn't belong in that section. He opened it up and he started reading it. It was all about this world and four four legendary heroes and he's like what is this and then suddenly the book erupted in light and he was trans transported into another world now he was one of four uh four kids between high school and university age all uh, right who were transported in this ritual to summon four heroes each of them has a unique weapon uh as there's the sword hero the spear hero the bow hero and him the shield hero now the shield hero is considered the least favorable because he literally can't attack. So everyone kind of like not super helpful. Yes, yeah, but the shield has has stuff on its own. If we go to the next slide, we, we're going to explain the shield. The hero shield. It's a legendary artifact. It cannot be removed. He literally cannot take it off, which means it cannot be stolen. That's helpful. It cannot be lost. Yes, cannot be lost. Cannot be stolen. Now, wearing it, he doesn't technically have to block everything with the shield because the shield, just by wearing it, increases his general durability. Uh, when, when he first goes out and tries to to uh, go after really low-level monsters because it's all he could fight on his own, uh, these low-level monsters could attack him and it wouldn't hurt at all, whereas other people it would harm. Very little, mind you. These are very low-level monsters that do very little damage, but he wouldn't feel anything. He basically yeah, he has he basically has a, a low to moderate level of damage reduction. That's nice. It is nice. Now, when he when he defeats a monster, he can feed part of it. Hey, Duncan, when uh, he can feed part of it to his shield, and his shield will gain an aspect of that monster. Like if the monster has special ability, the shield will try and mimic that special ability. Okay, interesting. And that and that will be permanent. It's it's now part of his toolbox. Oh, wow. He can, yeah, he could switch modes on the shield between the, the different powers he's absorbed from the different monsters. Now, the bad thing is, it does not allow him to use any weapon 
Oh. He grabs a weapon. The weapon literally flies out of his hand. <laughs> That's got to be inconvenient. It is inconvenient. So he he cannot attack. Well, with any he he can hit people with the shield, but it does it does pathetic damage. All right. So uh, he needs someone to to stab things for him for him to be in a party with him to attack for him so he gets the party XP. All right. And they actually are concerned yeah. about like XP and stuff. Yes, they are concerned about XP. Uh, like I said, in, in, the, in the very beginning, they're heavy on the video game aspect. It, it changes later on. It just seems but, odd to tell you about the video game aspect when he got into through a book. But I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. So uh, we go to, uh, uh, speaking of a party member, his, his first party member, Raftalia. Raftalia is a demi-human slave. Oh. Right? Yeah. And uh, now Fumi bought her to fight for him. So like I said, because he can't gain XP unless he kills kills creatures, and he can't kill creatures because he can't have a weapon. Therefore, ipso facto whatever, he needs someone to attack for him so he can defend them so they can keep fighting. He gains XP and to, to complete his mission. The, the, the four heroes have a mission. Don't worry, I'm going to get into that, uh, what they have to eventually do. But I have a clip of when he first finds uh, Raftalia and and Bizer. so go ahead and run that clip that half raccoon is diseased and has a mental disorder i'm having a real hard time with her myself <gasps> her previous owner loved the torture you see oh he's bad i doubt she'll last much longer i've decided i'll take this one that was my voiceover that was good Garthon is available for voiceover in your video yes, game or anime ready to sell out that's right. I will. <laughs> anyway, uh, she was sick and emotionally scarred. Uh, not not just by the torture of her former master, but also uh, during the first wave, which is the which is the calamity that the shield that the heroes are supposed to defend the world against. Her parents were murdered by monsters. Oh. And so you know she was she was found by a slave trader and made a slave. Uh. She found purpose in fighting monsters for uh, now for uh, now Fumi, because she was she was basically rudderless. She she felt she had no value in the world anymore. She was broken and alone. And even though uh, now Fumi uh, bought her as a tool, he's not a super d bag. So, you know, he treated her correctly. You know, he gave her medicine to help her get better, gave her food when when she needed to rest, rested, which is better than she's been treated in a long time by anyone. And so he probably has she, no way of breaking the magic over her, right? Right, yeah. Uh, the, the, the whole magic thing, uh, slave magic, not, uh, makes, makes the slave loyal to you with punishable by death. So they have to follow your orders and they cannot harm you in any way. Now, this, this really uh, spoke to Naofumi because he was screwed over by everybody. Mm. Day two, he was here. He was literally betrayed. Nice. So he didn't trust anyone. The only person he could trust was a slave. But I'm going to get into that too. Don't worry. And so uh, b because, because she's treated like a person now, uh, she ends up you know, starting to care, care deeply for her master, which makes sense. Now, we're going to get into the antagonist. Now, the main antagonist is the waves, or waves of destruction. Now, each wave 
brings about great destruction and, and devastation. Uh, when a wave occurs, uh, the the uh, the lights open up in the sky, and those portals, like monster armies, just fall out of the portals. Like oh, yeah, thousands of them. And then there's a boss monster you have to kill before the wave will stop. The longer you, the longer the boss boss monster is alive, the more regular monsters will just literally fall from the sky. Right. So uh, yeah, they had real they had real trouble with this first wave. That's why they summoned the heroes. Now the four heroes and who who's ever in a party with them are teleported underneath the wave when it occurs. occur It occurs every thirty days. A new wave occurs every thirty days. Uh, when all the waves are defeated, and uh, it's it's unclear how many waves there are. When they're all defeated, the heroes can return home. Supposedly, that's what they say. They say they can return home, but who knows? I don't believe that they're telling the truth because our next antagonist is, well, the 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 kingdom of of Melromark, which is the one that summoned them. Ah. For reasons not yet explained in the anime, the kingdom hates the Shield Hero. They won't pay him. They won't help him. They spread lies about him. Do they seem to like the other heroes? Yes. They actively call the other heroes lords. But not they, the shield hero. No, they call him shield. Oh. As, as, as a, it's, it's like a swear word in their language. And this, this country is deeply racist. Demi-humans are not people. They're not sentient beings. They're animals. Yeesh. So that's why the 99% of all slaves are demi-humans. Because this country does not care for demi-humans at all. They can all die in a fire for all they care. And uh, so he does not ingratiate himself with the populace anymore by taking a demi-human slave. And the royal court of, of Melromark is deeply corrupt. Uh, the royal family institutes propaganda campaigns to, to shield their dirty tactics. And they have control of the church, which is the only legal religion in the, in the kingdom. So they have, they have hooks pretty much everywhere. And they are bad. You know, the absolute power thing, well, they're all corrupt, absolutely. Oh, jeez. The, the worst of them is mean, Melromark. Worst, period, character, period, ever, period. And yeah. I, on this channel, I have reviewed an antagonist that literally eats babies to live. And <laughs> this one's worse. And this one's worse. She is, she's the daughter of the king. She's a princess. She is supremely entitled because of it. She is darkly manipulative. I don't mean like manipulative just to get what she wants. No, she she will manipulate you to make sure not only she wins, but you lose everything. It's not enough that she wins. You have to lose. And she constantly uses her her childish evil machinations to hurt the shield hero for, for seemingly fun. Now, there's the controversy. I have a clip for this, but before you play it, I don't want to see in chat and I don't want to see in the comments below whether or not this happens. It's a 1.8 on the Jagoro scale. Yeah. Uh, whether or not what what uh, uh, Princess Mel uh, Melromark does happens, whether it doesn't, I don't care. You know why? Because this is not real life. It's a cartoon. All right. You, you're not allowed to get triggered by things that don't really exist. So, go ahead and play the clip. 
and we'll see what she does. The shield hero bust into my room, drunk, and pinned me down. Huh? He said, the night is still young, and tore my clothes off. I somehow escaped, and ran to Sir Motoyosu, who have to be staying in the same inn for hell. What the hell? Yeah. Yep. What is all this? What the hell is going on? Mine. Mine? Why would you lie like that? Weren't you supposed to be in a party? Then when no one can see, she's like, nah. Yep. Yeah, uh, she, she falsely accused him of, of sexual assault. And uh, that... And the king, with no proof whatsoever, ran with it. Well, of course, it's his daughter. Yeah. Ran with it and stripped him of all the money, all of his armor, all of his all of his everything and said, get out. If you were anyone else, I would kill you. But you're a legendary hero, so I can't because the waves are here. But he uh, the, the royal court spread that the, the shield hero is a rapist. Don't help him. And so the entire kingdom is literally against him. And why would she do that? Because that just seems it, really dumb. It does not explain it in the anime. I looked ahead to the to to the to the manga to get an explanation for it, and I found it. I get it now. I know why the ro the royal family did this. And I realized after doing it that the anime is hinting toward that reveal. But we're twelve episodes in, and they haven't gotten there yet. Mm. All right. So now I know. I know why. Does so it make sense? It, it does. But it's evil. It's stupid, but mm. to be fair, lots of people are stupid, and then their stupidity does make sense. Oh, so it's just she's stupid? The The whole country is pretty much dumb. All right, fair enough. But, uh, yeah. So this, the reason I, I had to, uh, I had to, I had to, you know, tell you this, is because this shapes his attitude toward everyone moving forward. Everyone in the country hates his guts. Right, he wouldn't trust anyone after that. Yeah, he wouldn't trust anyone. He doesn't he doesn't do hero things for free now. He gets paid. Because all the other heroes get a stipend from from the crown. They get paid every month. A lot of money. And he gets nothing. He has to work every day just to buy food. To be able to sleep on a bed. And it's got to be a crappy bed because only a crappy innkeeper will allow him to stay there. Everyone yeah, else just much. throws fruit at him and tells him to get get out, rapist. This is free fruit, you know. Well, pretty rotten, rotten disgusting. Yeah, pretty testing. rotten, disgusting food. So yeah, it, uh, it it's it's integral to his interaction with everyone in the world moving forward. Nice. So, what I think of it? I gave it four stars. I'll tell you why. The writing was really good. I really liked it. Uh, the characters are very interesting. All of the supporting characters get uh, get pretty much, I don't want to say completely fleshed out, but they're all three-dimensional. All right. They're, they're not just paper people. They're not just, oh, he's just, a, and he's just a weapons maker or he's just the innkeeper. No. I mean, they, they have personalities. Yeah, it's good. And the story is solid. There's not a lot of depth to the story. You know, there's not a lot of onion layers. But what they have there is very well written, very well put together, 
and it flows very nicely. So they have a great foundation story-wise. Now, what I didn't like about it is it's not quite original. Like I said, it's, it's kind of kind of derivative of Log Horizon, SAO, stuff like that. For the first three or four episodes, it's very, very Log Horizon game mechanic heavy. All right. After that, it starts to move away from that. You no longer see the the, the screen that the that uh, that the character sees all the time. You know, it's it's more like it's not a game anymore. Hmm. And and uh, I and you know that that works out well because all of the other shield heroes are still thinking of this as a game where he is not because the game is if it's a game it's not fun that it's not a game he wants to play fair enough yeah. he's getting crapped on every day and of course there's there's the controversy it's well written in, into the plot it's well written into the story it explains all of the actions of the hero moving forward but i guess some well. people online have a big issue with it i'm guessing some people who don't understand that that uh, things that don't exist aren't able to hurt you. Um, I, are, ideas are can be hurtful, human dog. Not, not really. No, ideas cannot hurt you. Someone implementing ideas, making them real, right, can hurt you. Okay, but this anime will never be real, so it's never actually going to hurt you. How do you know that? It could be real. And the sun may not come up tomorrow. <clears throat> that is a distinct possibility. No, I'm scared just as much possible as this anime becoming real. That's true. Yes. I'll, I'll give you that. Actually, the sun not coming up probably more likely. Eh, fair enough. So I gave it four stars. Alright, sounds awesome. Thank you, Heathen Dog. You're welcome. Now, what do you think of this segment? And remember, I don't want to talk about the controversy. Anything else? Uh, what are your thoughts in, on me including Crunchyroll in this? Because, you know, the, the Legion is now swimming in fat loot. So, $10 uh, a month, baby. At least. At least. So we we can afford a Crunchyroll account, and to be fair, Netflix and uh, and uh, uh, Hulu were running dry on me. Are you starting to get there? I, I was scraping the bottom of the barrel on that one. Duncan says he likes the expanded Anime Horizons. Oh, good. Thank and his know. is the only opinion that matters right now. There you go. So if you if you uh, go ahead and browse, you can browse Crunchyroll Crunchyroll without an account, and uh, go ahead and uh, you, you can know. even watch quite a bit of it without an account. Yes. Yes, there's that's ads. true. Uh, you you can you can watch this this anime, the the rising of the shield hero, uh, with a one week delay. Oh, that's not bad. So yeah, so uh, something that 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 came out in Japan and for Crunchyroll members to today, you can watch next week Saturday. Yeah. So it's just just a week a week uh, broadcast delay for non members, and Very you cool. have to watch ads. Yeah, that's other fine. than that, other than that's free. You got to watch ads on CBS All Access. That's true. All right, don't miss an episode with Twitch. You can follow and get notifications. Subscribe. So, oh, that's fast. Try to get notifications. Even better. Subscribe. And then you can be available for subscriber-only giveaways. The next big subscriber-only giveaway, April 13th, right here on the live stream. On YouTube, you can subscribe to notifications. Dap, 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 dap. And then, thing will be good. Uh, will Crunchyroll include One Punch Man Season 2? I don't know if it will. I hope it will. That's coming in April. I should, I should think yeah. so, but who knows? Oh, I would think so, too, but who knows? All right. Thank you, Heathen Dog. You're welcome. For more Heathen Dog, find him on YouTube. Heathen Dog, Heathen Dog, and RPG series. His team-ups and everyone at Star Trek Island and other things with that Garthon cat. Past streams, check him out on YouTube. There's many games. Star Trek everything from Monopoly Plus to Pacify to Star Trek Online to Amnesia the Dark Descent. Watch Heathen Dog cry and your life will be better. Heathen Dog streams Monday at 8 p.m. Central. Currently Pacify and I've been watching the replays on YouTube. 
and they are highly entertaining. They are. Me, I get me hating young girls. I've been giggling. <laughs> I'm gonna get that doll. I'm gonna get that. Ah! She's ah! It's great. Valdahar to see him cries the, the best. Valdahar actually clipped one. <laughs> if, if you go, if you go to the clips, I. I, I decide to, to make a run for it, and I'm like, I think this might be a mistake. Oh, and then she pops at me, like, it was a mistake! It was a mistake! Oh, God! She flew oh, over God. the bed! That's not fair! She can fly! All right. It's true. <laughs> yep. She can fly over the bed. It's not fair. <laughs> Thank you, the dog. You're welcome. Do you have the spiel? I do. Give me the spiel. I'll give you the spiel. Spiel? Whether you are a longtime fan of comic books or someone ready to take the plunge into comic book genre, look no further than Garthon's Comic Pull. Join Garthon live every Saturday at 8 p.m. Central on Twitch TV slash Legion of Myth. Ask your, comic book, ask your comic book questions and engage in comic book discussions with Garthon directly. Now, let's give it up for Garthon. Yes, Garthon's Comic Pull. Garthon buys comics, reads comics, tells you about comics. Buckle in, kids. Subscribe! And you will be available for subscriber-only giveaways and other things. And you'll be notified every time a new release with videos uploaded to YouTube. And you should want that. Heathen Dog's still under the weather. That's why he's hiding his window. All right, we're going to go over this kind of quick. There are reasons. First up, Dr. Afra, number 30. Written by Simon Spurrier. Art by Emilio Liso. Colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Cover by Ashley Witter. I like that cover. Triple Zero, the evil protocol torture droid with Dr. Afra, caught by the police. Um, last issue, uh, the past few issues have had Triple Zero, the murder droid, and Dr. Afra. They both have a cortex bomb in their head, and if they get, and they only have a, a few hours until it goes off. So they're trying to find someone to remove them. But at the same time, everything that the murder droid sees is being broadcast. So everyone who wants to look through it can. So their chase and evasion and running from the police is now being broadcast to everyone within the sector who wants to see it. They don't know this. They're the only people who don't know. However, they're making the Imperials look like idiots because they keep running away from the because they keep getting away from them. But they're still trying to find someone to remove the cortex bombs from their heads before they go off. Uh, the cortex bombs and everything was set put in there by Dr. Esteban, who you'll remember from the cantina scene in Star Wars Episode 4 as the guy who said, I've got the death penalty in seven systems. I'll be careful. You'll be dead! That guy. Um, he's right there. Right there. You can see him in the yard. Um, but Imperial Public Relations has had just enough of this crap, and they uh, orb orbitally bombard them. <laughs> It's just one railgun shot, but it knocks them out. But they live, because it doesn't hit them directly. So in this issue, they're waking up from that, like, oh god, oh god, what is going on? They're trying to figure it out, and... You can see... That they're caught by someone there being told, oh, you survived. And basically, they're currently, at this moment, they're caught by Imperial Public Relations, and they just want her live on the feed to confess that she loves the Empire, she never betrayed them, she's happy to give her life to the Empire, blah, blah, blah. She gets out of it, of course. The reason I wanted to talk about this book, other than it's been a really great run through it, the art, I love the art, it's fantastic. It has a great Star Wars feel, but it's also totally modern. 
at the same time. The coloring is great. The art is great. The dynamic action is great. The way the droids move feels like the way a droid should move. The alien planets feel like Star Wars alien planets. The plot has been really interesting. It's kind of like a 70s prisoners chained together film right now, but it's been great. Because um, you got the two people who are both not good people. One's way worse than the other. They can't really trust each other, but they can't be away from each other. But they've had this great build where even Triple Zero, the murder droid, is starting to slowly trust Dr. Aphra a little bit. Slowly, in situations where he could murder her, he decides not to. Even though right now it would probably make a cortex bomb go off in his head. So... But in this issue, after they get away from uh, public affairs information, she managed to get away from by detonating an EMP bomb, well, not EMP, a sonic pulse bomb that she had implanted into Triple Zero to kill him if she felt that needed to happen. Of course, that would kill her. Or if she got the bomb out of her head, she was pretty sure that he would kill her after, so she set something up to kill him first. So she ends up setting it off with a reverse charge that ends up getting everyone on the outside instead of the inside to get away. Doesn't matter. It ends up in a situation where she ends up temporarily paralyzed and he ends up deciding to rescue her. Partly because he says it's just because he needs her near him or he'll explode. But you definitely get the impression that He's also partly doing it because he's at least a little concerned about her. It ends up with a situation where they're hiding out together. And one of the things he's been, the murder droid Triple Zero has been searching for so much is all of his past memories. Because they've been wiped off the system. Dr. Affer actually has had them for quite a while. He doesn't know this. But during this, she's like, you know what, I've lost it. Because he actually confronts her with the truth of, like, you've lost everything. You've betrayed everyone. You have nothing left. You're an idiot. And I'm not, you know, I'm not in your situation. Don't even compare us. Because I've never been that stupid or that evil. Like, I torture things for fun, and I'm not that bad. And she kind of breaks down and kind of admits that he's right. And says, you know what? She actually gives him the disc while his past marriage, like, and he's just overjoyed about it. Gives, it, gives him the disc, has all his memories, gives him the password. He puts it in, and of course, there's so much data that floods into him. Because he, he's excited, oh, I'll find out who created me to be the perfect murder machine I am. Ah! And of course, he's, while he's downloading that, other people confront her. Because they can still kind of see where she is, so the bad guys track her down. Well, the Empire tracks her down. And you see kind of little bits and pieces of Triple Zero's memories at the same time. And he learns that in the end, his creation was an accident. That the aliens, who they're pretty alien, who made his personality, when they saw that everything they, every single algorithm they put into him, every single situation they theoretically put him in, he immediately turned evil. He immediately did the worst possible thing. He immediately caused pain and suffering and torture instantly. That anytime they tried to put anything in that would make him a better you know, person or a better droid, he, his uh, binary pattern immediately twisted it into evil. 
And they're like, wow, this thing's totally irredeemable. We need to delete this immediately, destroy it. It shouldn't be. Now, Triple Zero had a very high opinion of himself that he was created on purpose to be that way. And when he learned that his creation was an accident, that he was supposed to be garbage and destroyed, something he just accused Afro of being just garbage of the universe. It's a pretty big shock to his evil system. So when he comes to, he kills everyone who's about to get Afro. And lets her know that, you know, maybe she wasn't wrong. Kind of tells her what happened. He's like, look, that's 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 okay. That's the situation every living life form is. Where our creation wasn't on purpose. It wasn't perfect. It was a random accident. And we take that and try to be better for it. And he's like, that's fine if you're biological scum. This destroyed everything I am. And Doctor after this point still can't walk. Her legs are still paralyzed from the sonic shock. And he just can't deal with the shock what happened. He says, and he feels like, well, after she tells him, like, does what every living be, I still feel like, no, it's, it's disgusting. It's like, wait, what are you going to do? I believe I shall take a walk. And he starts walking away from her. It's like, I think, I thank you for choosing me, Doctor. But I'm afraid to say that I would rather appear frightfully common to live. And now I believe you chose wrong. He's like, wait, what are you doing? What are you doing? And he starts walking away. He starts hearing the cortex bomb. Beep, 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 beep. Hey, Raven's Lair. And it ends with Triple Zero getting further and further away and the cortex bomb threatening to explode. And that's where it ends. There is a time... Oh, basically people are assaulting her and she gets knocked unconscious. And when she wakes up, Triple Zero has come to and he's killed all of them and tortured them for hours. That's a key point. So, it is possible that when he had the time to murder all the people around him, he could have surgically removed the Cortex Bomb. Uh, Raven's Lair, this is Dr. Afra, Star Wars, Dr. Afra, number 30. It's been a great series. So, at that time, it's possible, I'm guessing, that if he does walk off and destroy himself, He's actually taken the cortex bomb out and implanted it in one of the guys he tortured nearly to death. Because if they die, the cortex bombs go off both of them. If one of them dies. So it's possible that he could have taken it out of her and put it in someone else. I'm guessing that's when it's, what's going to happen. That's the obvious thing. And But they haven't got obvious in any of these books yet. Um, the torture, the mental torture of Dr. Afra continues. Um, she's had a very interesting character arc. Um, she just can't seem to really learn how to be good. It's been a really interesting run with her, though, uh, through both writers. Um, this was, I want to talk about this issue because it just has some phenomenal character building that I really can't do justice with in this review without giving away the whole book or talking about the previous eight books. Um, but it's been a really interesting run. And I really, really like this book. And if, if you were at all interested in Dr. Afro character, this is actually a really good jumping on point book because it gives a little backstory sort of what's been going on and everything. gives a lot of context. Um, and it's, a, it's not a book for the kids. It's definitely a tea book, tea and up. But I, I, I think it's a really, really should, should, definitely must. I'm going to give four stars. Really enjoyed this. Four stars for Dr. Afro, number 30. Starting early with the four stars. All right, up next, 
The superior four stars. Ah. Four stars. Well, found the hard nose. Four stars. Oh God! Please no! 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 Four stars. There it is, Feldahar. Thank you very much. Oh, uh, yeah, start early with that. The Superior Spider-Man. <laughs> Number four. Written by Christos Gage. Pencils by Mike Hawthorne. Inks by Wade Von Gravedger. Yeah, go, Valdahar. It had to be done. Colors by Jordi Belair. Cover by Travis Cherist. I deleted that A. I swear to God I did. Maybe I just played on the other slide. That's probably what it is. All right. So... Otto Octavius has, for a while, had his new body. So he has the powers of Spider-Man. He is Spider-Man, essentially, but not Spider-Man's body. It's kind of a hybrid of him and Spider-Man with some improvements. Anyway, long story. Last issue, he fought Terax. Yeah, the Herald of Galactus, Terax. Uh, with the help of his buddies. They, uh, in the... Well, with the help of Maria Marconi, his friend, and the Night Shift, uh, a bunch of B-list villains, he was actually able to... Temporarily stop Terra, well, temporarily defeat Terax. Um, he got taken off. And this issue has him, that issue finished with him, like, in a hospital being fixed up. This issue starts with him out of the hospital, still with a broken arm, you can see, uh, helping people out of the wreckage. The Sinister Six, not the Sinister Six. Well, Dr. Octopus was the Sinister Six, but the people helping him were the night shift who you have to look them up. They are serious B-listers. Maybe even C-listers. Maybe even D-listers. Um, like there's one person with power over clothes. One person who's a zombie. Like you can cut him in half and he's fine because he's literally a hi He's a hippie zombie. It's just... Anyway. So... The Brothers Grimm. Who's the other? Anyway. So... It starts with him, like, going through rubble. His spider trace is going out, finding victims. He's trying to see, oh, thank you, Spider-Man. He's like, Superior Spider-Man. Spider-Man, you saved me. Superior Spider-Man. He has to keep correcting them. Uh, like, this part, like you see on the page to the left, like, the police chief's like, oh, we're stretched through. We don't even know where to look for survivors. He's like, here, on this table, you'll find a schematic showing the lowest likely location to bear fruit based on blueprints and population. Deploy all your forces there. Well, what about people trapped in other places? You can't save everyone. It's a waste of resources to try. At least he's like, ah, ah, there's ah, and ah, of course. I will be blanketing the underserved areas of my spider bots. Should they detect any survivors, they will alert me to the proper authorities. Oh, right. Sorry, for a minute. I thought you meant to. Never mind. And then you can see that Anna Marconi, previous, well, ex-girlfriend, genius, works with him, is now has an earpiece and it was like, you just advocated letting people die. Which has been, yeah, the Brothers Grimm for the 90s. Yeah, the Brothers Grimm go back to the six, late 60s, early 70s. Um, so it's, so now he has, like, conscience in his ear when he's being Otto Octavius and being a total stuck-up jerk to these people. Like, I have to be a Martian resource to can save him his life. It's called triage. Hospitals do it every day. And then right after you see an old woman like, Spider-Man, that's superior Spider-Man. Madam, how may I help you? You saved my life. When you come back, I'll make you kill Massa. I have no time for such trivialities. I, what I mean to say is, thank you, I'd be delighted. You know, in other words, yes, you constantly reminded, like, be a human being. Uh, the main thrust of this issue is, you find out, because you get a little back, he was hurt in the hospital. And after he was moderately patched, patched up overnight, you know, 
basically Anna kicked me out and said, look, there are people out there that you, they need Spider-Man's help. They need your help. There's always a sausage. And he's like, yeah, that's what the authorities are doing. That's what they're doing. He's like, no, you need to get out there. You helped cause the mess. You need to say you want to help people. Get out there and help them. But I have a broken arm. Get out there. So that's what he's doing now. He's out helping the people. He starts. He gets the night shift back together to help him like find people and rescue them from the uh, the wreckage. And there's this. Uh, eventually comes to a scene where there's this little boy. He's like has his mother's arm over him through some wreckage. And he's like trapped, but he got he's, like, got her arms. Like mom, we're gonna get out here soon, right? 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 Someone's gonna save us, right? And his lifetimes are dimming. It doesn't seem like he's gonna make it long. And he's like wax man, squeeze through the cracks and and uh, and rescue the and then rescue the boy. And Waxman's like, I'll get dirt in my wax, because Waxman's made entirely of wax. Like, just go in there. And then you start hearing, like, Anna starts yelling his earpiece. Wait, Waxman, have you even Googled these people? Who that is? Like, uh, he's some loser. He's like, no, he is a serial killer. He loves killing children, especially. You idiot. Don't you even know who's working for you? He's like, I just... And I, then he actually yells at the knife, like, did you know he was a serial killer? They're like, we're all criminals, man. We don't really ask... But none of us have done this. It's like, are there any other murderers among you? He's like, they're like, serial murderers? Or just like, whatever, whatever, later. So Waxman goes in there, and he's like, they're here to save you. He's like, don't worry, boy. You won't be feeling pain for long. It's like, oh, crap. At that point, you know, Superior Spider-Man tears the place open. And he's like, and there's a brief fight. He freezes Waxman and shatters him to a thousand pieces, which probably doesn't kill him. Because he has the people collect the pieces to be put in incarceration later. Rescues the boy, but the mother is had already had already been deceased for quite a while. So there's this really interesting scene where the boy actually asks Superior Spider-Man, like, "What about my mother?" He's like, ah, "Just just a moment." And he actually sits down. You don't see or get to hear what he says to the boy. There's just this nice series of panels where he sits down and you see him talking a little bit. The boy cries and, you know, he holds the boy while he cries a bit. And then he's handed off to uh, the, uh, the fire department. And then you see Anna actually say to him, that was actually really good, especially coming from you. And he says, I lost my parents early as well. I, I know what it is. To feel that pain. And it's like, dang, that's nice. And you actually see him start growing a bit as a person. Um, the last scene is actually him at the firehouse eating the, you know, that old lady's giving me all the fireman and Superior Spider-Man, the kielbasa that she promised him, like, in the first two pages. And he actually takes a bite of it, which he's dreading. And then you see him smile. He's like, Adam, this kielbasa is superior. Thank you very much. And you actually start, it's nice to see that growth in the character. That's why I liked this issue so much. Not heavy on action, had a lot of really good character development. And that's what makes a comic interesting. You need some action. Don't get me wrong. There's a little action to beat up the wax man, stuff like that. But the character development was really good. We're seeing that debate within himself. Also, there's a scene where he speaks to other people, talking about like how, what he appreciates in, a, in people. It's, some really nice character work. Also, the art in this issue is really solid as well. The perspective is done great. The broken cityscape looks fantastic. Uh, the characters are always on model. I just really, really enjoyed it. Uh, Anna Marconi is uh, a woman who has dwarfism, 
And she's not drawn like a tiny person. She's drawn like she has dwarfism. Uh, just great work from everyone on this book. Just love... I even like the cover. So just love the snot out of this book. I don't know if it's the best jumping on point for this series, but I certainly wouldn't say, oh, wait for next year. No, if you are interested in all Superior Spider-Man, and you should be, because it's currently one of the best Spider-Man books, the best is probably Miles Morales' Spider-Man. This would be a close second. But Chris Gage, Mike Hawthorne, Travis Charest, everyone here, everyone, Jordi Belair, colors were great. Everything was great. Not quite a perfect book, so it's another four stars! That's right! Two four stars in a row in Garthas Comic Poll. I make those hard decisions for you. Not expecting that, were ya? But Raven's Lair says four stars. He's right! <sighs> Alright, everyone. This is why I went so quickly. Detective Comics number 1000. That's right! Detective Comics, number 1,000. This is the Jim Lee cover. It says cover not final. This was the cover. One of the many covers. Writer various. Pencils various. Inks various. Colors various. Cover. This cover is Jim Lee, but there's also many, many others. Much like Superman 1,000, or Action Comics 1,000, uh, it's a series of stories by a lot of the writers and artists who have worked on the book throughout the years. So they're going back about as far back as they can to get people who've worked on the book. Um, they have Neil Adams, a bunch of guys doing arts, doing stories. Uh, Mr. Heathen Dog, well, I guess, I thought he was going to hold on. He's not doing well. He's very ill. I'm sur um, he said he was going to medicate up and come back. He might be gone for the night. I don't know. Hopefully he comes back. We'll see. He's still blowing his nose. One continuous blow. He can't even inhale, my friends. He has to actually get compressed air, put it into one nostril, and put out the other. So, other people just give you a thing for the whole book. Not a Garthos comic poll. Not this time. Every damn story. We're doing it. Alright, first story is Batman's Longest Case. Written by Scott Snyder. Pencils by Greg Capital. Inks by Jonathan Glapion. Colors by FCO Placencia. That device would be great, so I'd make it. Alright, here's the, here's the title page of the first story. This story uh, involves... Same problem I had it last week, yeah. This story basically involves Batman finding these very obscure set of clues and kind of talking about it to himself in his head. It leads him all around the world. Like, he finds, like, an imprint on an icicle in Antarctica, which leads him to, like, a music store, basically all over the world, and eventually leads him back to Gotham, where it, at the end, leads him into a super-secret lair... That includes why did that happen? People like Detective Ch uh, Detective Chimp and Hawk Girl and Hawkman and the Question and Martian Manhunter. No one ever told about this thing eventually. The Elongated Man and basically for like the greatest detectives in the world have a secret club, and now by finding all the clues, he's now a part of it. It's a very special thing where they have vast libraries of cases that have never been solved, going back thousands of years, and there's all this sorts of hidden knowledge within it. And saying that this isn't the end of, the, of it, Bruce. This is but the beginning. As he looks through one of the case files and just says, wow. And it ends. Um, it's a nice story to grab like the mystery of Batman. The intelligence, the case solving. It's, it has a very like secret society of explorers feel to it. Uh, the art was really solid. Really enjoyed that. 
Uh, Snyder loves convoluted plot lines and stories, and he does this in spades here. Uh, so it was a fun story. I didn't love it just because it seemed kind of just kind of like ended. I didn't feel like it had a real ending, and also kind of a why didn't anyone tell Batman the world's greatest detective about this crap earlier? How the elongated man get in before Batman? You know, I. But you know, hey, it's kind of wacky. It's kind of fun. I would give it three and a half stars. I liked it. Next story. The, uh, manufactured for use. Written by Kevin Smith. Pencils by Jim Lee. Inks by Scott Williams. Colored by Alex Sinclair. Jim Lee does the art, so you know it's good. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. The art's freaking great. Um, the colors are muted because my camera didn't take a good picture. Basically, it starts with Batches Malone, who, as any Batman reader knows, is one of Bruce Batman, Bruce Wayne's... Uh, cover identities when he wants to be a thug. He has tracked down where people in uh, Gotham basically like all the leftover rubber mallets or rubber chickens from Joker heists or leftover penguin hats and umbrellas from the penguin, you know. People collect that stuff, and this guy gets it, he warehouses it, and he sells it. And Max Malone has found out he has a very specific weapon, so he wants to get it. And so after a little bargain with the guy, he ends up buying a semi-automatic pistol. The one used in the Wayne murders. So he actually buys the gun that killed his parents. He then, Alfred's like, he like sets up a case, Alfred's like, yeah, I was... I was a little, uh, I didn't like the giant penny, and I threw up my back helping you move the Tyrannosaurus. But that's just morbid even for you, having the weapon that killed your parents. That's, that's, that's too much. Anyway, that's not what I'm going to do, Alfred. Because I'm Batman. I will take this. And I'm going to make, and basically he melts the gun down. I'm going to make that metal pay for its sins. I'm going to burn the metal that killed my parents. And I'll turn it into something useful. Instead of the part, the metal that broke the heart of a child. Is the same able to protect the heart of a man, and that is justice. So basically, he forges it to like a metal plate that he puts under his bat symbol and over his heart. That story was kind of stupid. The art was great. I thought the story was like really dumb. Two and a half stars. Next. The Legend of Newt Brody, written by Paul Dini, pencils by Dustin Nguyen, inks by Derek Fridolfs, Fridolfs? Sure, Fridolfs. Colors by John Caslis. Uh, the story acts like a TV sensationalized special. Um, it talks about how, uh, how all these super, not super but all these go Gotham Rogue Scouter criminals, like, all have their henchmen. It's like, some are good, some are bad, some are professional, some aren't. And then there's Newt Brody. Then it shows a picture in the bottom, like, ah! And it kind of gives this these humorous tales of how... It's like interviewing these supervillains. And I'll talk about how when they had Newt Brody on their, cr on their crew, how he was, like, supposed to, like, watch the back entrance, and he fell asleep. Or he was supposed to, like... Uh, or one time where he ac accidentally started setting off bombs. You know, all this stuff where he's just a moron. And, like, he's the worst henchman ever. And how... All these guys are like, if I ever see him again, I'll kill him. Just, and it's kind of funny, because he's just such a loser. And somehow he keeps getting hired into these groups. Um, 
And it, it you know, ends with Harley Quinn saying, I'm pretty sure I killed him at the end. Not Harley, uh, Poison Ivy. Afterwards, it goes to a scene of the, you know, the, the person on TV is like, we'll never know what happened to Newt Brody, but we can be assume that his life of henching is over. And you find out when the Bat family, Robin, or old Nightwing, Batman, Batgirl, are all talking to each other. And they review, and they're about how each time, each one of them was Newt Brody. Like, each of them was wearing a Newt Brody suit every single time. So Batman could show up and fight Newt Brody when it was really Robin in the suit. Or Batgirl would show up, and it's Batman in the suit. So they were infiltrating the gangs and sabotaging some of their worst plans from the inside as this incompetent henchman. Uh, the, the punchline at the end is that Damian Wayne also wants to be Newt Brody, but it's like, it's too late, we're not doing that anymore. It's like, wait, I'll be Newt Brody Jr. And he's in a, like, a costume that looks like Newt Brody. Kind of funny, Paul Dini, a uh, very famous writer with Batman, mainly uh, the animated series. I enjoyed this story. It was lighthearted. It was fun. It had a neat premise. I, I can't go wrong with that story. That's it's, It wasn't super awesome, but I really enjoyed it. Three and a half, maybe four stars. Good story. The Batman's Design by Warren Ellis. Art by Becky Cloonan. Colors by Jody Belair. Uh, colors are great on this one. Very abstract. Uh, creates a nice impression of fear a lot of times, which they're going for. Uh, Becky Cloonan's art is cla almost claustrophobic, but considering it's a, it's a story where Batman has these people trapped in a warehouse, these murderers, these mercenaries, he's kind of tr set their escape route to make sure they end up in this warehouse. Written by Warren Ellis. Uh, Warren Ellis, I'm pretty sure it's the guy who famously coined the phrase that Batman plus preparation equals victory. That if Batman plus prep time will beat anyone. And this whole story is Batman has prepped this warehouse and he's sending these guys into it. So these guys have full automatic weapons, they're professionals, they're killers. Uh, he sets up the warehouse full of booby traps, smoke bombs, exploding uh, barrels. So he's able to take them all out without getting hurt and without them hurting anyone else. Uh, nice dramatic tension in the story. It's a, it's a lot of fun. If you didn't know like Warren Ellis' run with Batman or anything, you might say, like, why does Batman have this thing set? You, but if you know that, it's actually a really neat read. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Uh, mainly, everything worked well for this story together. The coloring, the art, uh, the way the story's written all worked very well to the climax at the end where he actually is able to stop the head guy who is strapped with bombs to kill himself and others is intimidated to give it up and step down. So very nice work. Really liked that one. That's a four star, maybe four and a half. Really liked that one. Return to Crime Alley, written by Denny O'Neill, art by Steve Epting, colors by Elizabeth Breitweiser. Uh, this is kind of a flash forward into the story where the old lady's like, Bruce, no! Leslie Tompkins' voice is shrill with edge with panic. She must stop Bruce Wayne from doing what he will forever regret. She must stop the Batman from doing the unforgivable. All right, in the story, it's Halloween. Batman's hanging out in Crime Alley. Uh, he knows Leslie Tompkins from a long time ago. She was friends with his parents. She knows that he's Batman. Um, she's knows that he's hiding the alley, so he calls her out. He comes out. How's you always there? I was like, yeah, who else would be hanging out in alley in the middle of, on Halloween in Crime Alley? Uh, these young thugs see a guy in a Batman suit with an old lady. They fear he's just some idiot because it's Halloween. They go to rob her. Batman begins pimp-slapping these idiots. Right? 
these idiot teenagers. Um, so he, they have guns. So he pimp slaps the gun out of their hand, starts pimp slapping them all around. And then she's like, no, stop. And he's like, why? He's like, why? Do you feel sorry for them? It's like, no, for you. And that's where it ends. Uh, basically, trying to show that, you know, he's like a terror or something. The art's okay. Two stars. Next, Heretic, written by Christopher Priest, art by Neil Adams. I just want to say, this story was crap. Uh, maybe one and a half stars, but the art was pretty good. Two stars. Heretic, written by Christopher Priest, art by Neil Adams. Can't have a Batman complex without Neil Adams. Colors by Dave Stewart. Okay, uh, this story goes kind of around the world. It starts with uh, some kid who gets mugged and beat up. And stripped of all his clothes. Bad fears that he wasn't just killed. This was to embarrass him as well. And tracks down, finds out the kid actually was part of uh, the League of Assassins. And there's actually the other assassins who killed him and tried to make it look like a robbery. That's Rachel Ghoul, Tally Ghoul, all that. It kind of talks to Batman's background with this League of Assassins. Side. And eventually it's with him going back, you know, tracking down Rachel uh, Ghoul, kind of threatening him a bit. He's like, I had nothing to do with this crap. And, you know, it's your fault anyway that he died. It's like, I figure. Because you... Uh, he's like, go talk to them. I don't care. He ends up going to the League of Assassins, pimp smaps them or a bit, and they're like, look, he had to die because he betrayed us. Like, Bruce Wayne betrayed us. Because Bruce Wayne brought an illness into the League. Chris Priest is always fantastic. Yeah, I really like this story. Because it kind of goes around the world, has some nice storytelling to it at Deal with the League of Assassins. I'm not doing it just with super quick reviews. Trust me. It's a fun read. It is a little... It feels like this should have been at least a full issue and it was told you got five pages. They're like, oh, crap. And they kind of truncated it real quick. But essentially, it goes around five, uh, to the League of Assassins and tells them, like, you murdered these people. They had done nothing wrong. It's like, no, they did something wrong. They betrayed us. And it's Bruce Wayne's fault. Because there's Bruce Wayne Enterprise cards on all the victims that he keeps finding. And because they're blaming Bruce Wayne. Because Bruce Wayne encouraged these people to leave. Not by actively saying, hey, you should leave. But because he left. He showed them there's a way out. Like, if you're destitute and have nothing and the League of Assassins welcomed you, you can still leave. And they say that it all relates to... And the final narration is that it wasn't Bruce Wayne himself that caused this. It was when he was robbed when he first went there before he became trained. They stole his wallet, which had thousands of dollars in it. And it was that money that allowed all these kids to finally leave. That and the idea that if Bruce Wayne can leave, which he does, they could do it too. They could go to America. They could become something. So it's that heretical idea that got them killed. And that's why it's Bruce Wayne's fault. So an interesting idea. I think it needed more story, more room to breathe. I like the idea of it. I like the way it was written. It just needed more space to breathe. So uh, that one, I'm going to give three and a half stars to. Uh, Neil Adams' art is really good. It's not up to what it used to be, of course. I like the art. I like the story. It just really needed more. It needed more space to actually get the story across better. 
Number, uh, I Know, written by Brian Michael Bendis. Art by Alex Maleev. Colors by Alex Maleev. He's gone for a very... Yeah, needs definitely Brave Slayer. Brave Slayer definitely needs more than five pages. They That needed at least a full issue. Uh, I, that would be a great story for an annual, actually. Like a double-sized annual? Would have been great. I Know, written by Brian Michael Bendis. Alex Maleev did all the art and colors. Very dark, kind of monochromatic. Uh, done from the perspective of the Penguin, mainly in thought boxes. And it deals with a retired Bruce Wayne. He's feeble and in a chair. And an old and feeble Chester Cobblepot goes up to him in the you know rich guy nursing home he's at. He might still be at Wayne Manor. You, they don't really say. But he goes to speak with him. And his, the handlers let him in. And he's been told that Bruce Wayne has lost the power of speech. He can't. That's when no one sees him. He can't talk. He's old. He's going to die soon. And so it's. So he goes up. And he says. And he starts telling him about all the stuff going on. He and he starts telling this tale about how every once in a while, Scarecrow, Joker, Riddler, one of them would try and get all the Rogues Gallery together, and they try to figure out how to once and for all take care of the Batman as a team. They can all cover each other's weaknesses, and they can finally take out the Batman. And the conversation would invariably go around to, who is the Batman? Because if we could find out who he is, we could take him out. And during when these, and they start talking like, well, he's got to have money or have someone with money supporting him and through all this stuff. And then Penguin says it was through those talks he realized who Batman was. It had to be Bruce Wayne. Only he had the background of tragedy. Only he had the nightlife. Only he had the money, the resources, the genius. Only he had everything that it would take to be Batman. And if you ever saw the guy, holy crap, he's jacked. You knew it was him. But before he told everyone else what he figured out, he also realized, because he had in his mind set up a plan where they would distract him during a massive party that was about to happen. No, actually, he, he didn't tell everyone else, but he decided to kill Bruce Wayne during a massive party at Wayne Manor. He had tunnels dug, bomb penguins loaded in. He was going to blow the whole place to crap and kill everyone. And Batman would live because he would have been distracted by the other guys. And he, so Bruce Wayne would be dead because there'd be nothing left of Wayne Manor. And everyone would know he was there at that party. So there'd be no doubt they would kill off Bruce Wayne. He'd have nothing to return to. His resources would be cut off. And then he realized at that moment, right before he set off the bombs, if he did this, there'd be nothing holding Batman back. That the one tenuous piece of humanity that had him not killing people and putting them in prison was Bruce Wayne. That if he lost that, he no longer had any anchor at all. There would be nothing stopping him from going fully into darkness and killing each and every last one of them. And at that moment, he decided not to do that. Not a good idea. So he had all the penguins go home and never mentioned it to anyone. But now as an old man, before he and Bruce Wayne dies, he wants Bruce Wayne to know the whole time he knew. He knew the whole time. And he just had to let him know before he dies. Uh, which To which uh, Mr. Wayne responds... Well, he says, I know. Wait, let me 
Let me get this page real quick because uh, it's kind of a key thing. He says, I do. And now you know the reason you're still alive because I'm smarter than you. I win. You hear that, you son of a... And then he gets shocked by the taser hidden in the wheelchair. To which he goes, uh, uh, uh. And Bruce Wayne looks down and says, I know you knew Oswald. Same way I knew the what a coward you were. It's like they they told me rah, they told you you couldn't speak. They rah, rah, told me you couldn't speak anymore. As they drag him off, he's like, good night, good visit. His last words are good visit. So I liked that story. It's kind of like going through Penguins. Where he knew it was. I found it a very fun story. I liked it. Nice character development. Nice plot. The art worked really well with the story as it went back and forth from like this monochromatic to more colorful. To it. Worked really well on many levels. I loved it. Four and a half stars. For I know. Last Crime in Gotham. Written by Jeff Johns. Art by Kelly Jones. Colors by Michelle Madsen. Did not love the art in this one. Uh, the reason I really kind of weird in this shot is because Batman and Catwoman are very old. They are old, old people. They're like in their 70s in this. Uh, that Batgirl and that Damien. That's, are those, those are their kids. For instance, that's another that could have been developed with it. Yeah, it really could have. I loved that one, though. That one seemed not to be as rushed, but that one really could have been developed with it. But uh, Last Crime in Gotham was written by Jeff Johns. Art is actually pretty good when you start getting into it. The colors, though, are terrible. Michelle Madsen's colors, I hate to call it one out, suck in this book. Like, you can see Catwoman's costume is completely miscolored in this, like with open pits. But if you go into where they show the costume later, that's all colored in. Um, where they're going into like dimly lit scenes, everything is bright and cartoony. I, really weird coloring choices. Did not like it. Uh, but in the story, basically the Bat family has cleaned up crime in Gotham, and there's like barely anything happening anymore. So they're actually like really, the kids especially are really excited. There's actually a crime to do. Holy crap! Let's go solve a crime. I, even like the kids like, see, there's nothing wrong with a crime for Gotham, Mom. Right, Dad? Like, just echo. But it's not crime-free. Not yet. They go walk in on what looks to be a birthday party where everyone is dead. Uh, and there's 12 people, 12 pieces of cake. They're like, maybe it's, you know, but they're trying to figure out, like, who would have done this? And it's not Calendar Man, because Calendar Man is there. He ate the poison cake and died. And they eventually figure out that it was the Joker's kid, Joker Jr., J2. And he's dead, too. He poisoned himself. They find out it's because... Uh, Joker Jr. basically figured that, you know, they lost, there's no crime, nothing's fun anymore, and he decided, since, you know, the way to win was to actually be the one to actually kill off all the major criminals in Gotham before Batman could imprison them all or stop them, and so he wins. Eh. Yeah, it's kind of turned upside down. It's, but, so he wins. It's like, yeah, and then... Bruce Wayne wakes up. And he's talking with Alfred. And Alfred's like, hey, we're having a dream. He's like, oh, was just having a dream. Basically, he had a dream that he was married to Catwoman. And they had kids. And that they had solved all the crime in Gotham. The end. Not Jeff John's greatest work by any stretch of the imagination. It was very okay. The art, though. God, the coloring. The art was just okay. It wasn't even good art. The art was okay, with a better colorist, it might have actually looked really good, actually. Like, so, 
But that colorist, oh, God, terrible choices, terrible done, two stars. And everything just felt like a mishmash that didn't quite work, especially the art, especially the colorist. The Precedent, written by James Tinney IV, pencils by Alvaro Martinez Bueno, inks by Raul Fernandez, colors by Brad Anderson. Art in this one's fantastic. Oh, my God. No, not a Dallas dream. My God, no. Yes, Raven's Lair, it was a Dallas dream. It was a Who Shot JR dream. Where Batman dreams of a wonderful utopian world where he's married to Catwoman, has kids, and Joker's kid kills himself and a bunch of other people with poisoned cake. Uh, anyway. The president is basically a story in the past where he's discussing with Alfred the idea of letting Dick Grayson become Robin. This is before he actually becomes Robin. And how it would set a precedent... Uh, the contention is that it's not so much doing it, is that what precedent was set for others in the future? If he does this with one person, what about after the boy grows up? What about what if there's there's always some other orphan who needs help? What if it happens again? What if would he be subject them to the same danger? What and so it's kind of an interesting story. It's a bit wordy. It's maybe trying to be a bit more than it is. At the end, they decide it's okay. Robin's been listening to the or Dick Grayson has been listening the whole time, and he jumps down from the chandelier and tells him, yeah, it's great, he wants to be Robin. Art's great. The story is interesting, it's a lot wordy. It's kind of there, I don't hate it, I don't love it, it's just, uh, it's interesting, I'll give it three stars. Mainly, for, I'll give it three and a half, because the art was really good, actually. Yeah, that art is really good. Three and a half. The story's just okay, though. Batman's Greatest Case, written by Tom King, art by Tony Estanos and Joel Jones, colors by Tom Umori. Tom King does not deserve these artists he keeps getting paired with, who are really good. But it's a Tom King story. So you have Batman, or in this case Bruce Wayne, at night, in the rain, at a graveyard, at his parents' grave, talking to himself the whole time about what happened to his parents and how it makes him feel inside and how he was sad. And, uh, and he, the Bat family talking about Bruce and how his parents died and how it made him sad. But they became the Bat family together. And blah, 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 blah. I, I, I couldn't read past the first pages because it's such crap. It's, every, it's like Tom King said, what is every stereotype they say about me? I'm doing that. I don't even want to give it a rating. The art's really solid. Two stars. I'll give it two and a half. I'll give it two and a half. They aren't solid. There's no spelling errors. All right. Last story. In what issue 1000? Medieval, written by Peter J. Tomasi, penciled by Doug Monkey, inked by Jamie Mendoza and Doug Monkey. Doug says Batman's greatest case. The case of what of what Batman sees when he says to his soul, Batman, here's the flapping of a thousand tiny wings, like the heart of a tiny boy to use ice cream. Curse that panda. <laughs> no spell. Yeah, that's right, Valdahar. You gotta give it no spelling errors. Alright. Uh, Medieval, written by Peter J. Tomasi. L again, this issue, maybe because it's Batman, is full of text boxes about people thinking about themselves. Or other people think other people full of text boxes. Just text boxes freaking everywhere. Show, don't tell people. Come on. Um, basically, it's someone talking about how Batman is a plague on the city because he thinks he's doing the right thing, but he sucks. 
uh, for various reasons. Um, that he fights all these people. People say they, that he fights all around the world, that he's a hero, that he's a savior, that he's been broken. And they're trying to like, give a re- retrospective of his career, all these different things that's happened to Patton for his back being broken, to fighting Rachel Ghoul and Talia Ghoul, to the Court of Owls. And, but this guy has a real beef with Batman for some reason. Doesn't like him. He says, Batman, say it fast. Really fast. As fast as you can, over and over. Here I hear, Batman. 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 To me, now and forever, one of the same. People have got there for much better. A dark, much better than a dark night. They'll experience the hand of a fair and true servant at work. They will bear witness to the Arkham Knight. Finally delivers justice to the Batman. So I guess the next guy is going up against in Detective Comics is going to be kind of looks like a cross between Captain America and Batman with a sword. So it's a cross between Black Knight, Captain America, and Batman. That's what it looks like. That's what that looks like. Actually, he has an A on his chest. If you look squint, it's kind of an A right in the center. It was all right. The art was really solid. I'll give it that. The art was really solid. It's kind of a neat setup, like setting all of Batman's history against like this crazy dude's opinion. I don't hate it. I don't love it. I'll give it three and a half. Three and a half. Three and a half. Three and a half stars for Medieval. Ah, so let's average that out. What is our average score for Detective Comics number 1000? What is, yeah, looks like it's about three and a half stars. Eh, probably about three. Three stars for Detective Comics. Eh, probably a three and a half. Let's say three and a half. For Detective, oh, I'm feeling generous tonight. Three and a half stars, Detective Comics 1000. It's a lot of freaking stories. If you love you some Batman, pick it up. It's not a cheap book. It's ten bucks. But uh, it's a really thick freaking book. It's a book. You can injure a bat with it. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, Detective Comics 1000. That's... Well, that's long. That's why there's no RNG tonight, because that thing was huge. So what did you think of this segment? Did you like me going over every single story inside of Detective Comics 1000? It's hard to give an anthology like that just one score, because there's some good stories, and there's Tom King. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts on the words right here? Are they spaced properly? Is there nice context? Is, is the kerning right? You let me know. If you have any suggestions for future comic reviews, things that you check out, artists you want me to talk more about, writers... Ah, thanks, Duncan Ohio. I thought it was a good way. Uh, if you have suggestions for future reviews, let me know, because I'm always interested in your thoughts about what's going on in comic books in the world. So don't miss an episode. You can follow on Twitch, get notifications, and then you can even subscribe! And then you're available for subscriber-only giveaways, which is nice! And then you can follow on YouTube. Oh my gosh! Valdahar subscribed! That is wisdom, my friends. So, you can also get notifications on YouTube, and then you'll know every time Belizeanus uploads a new video to YouTube, including Garthon's comic poll, Gar- Heathen Dogs, Heathen Dogma, Maxio's Celestial Wisdom, or the English Slow Show, or any Vulgarian's amazing Shred the Avatar videos. Thank you, everyone, so much for watching. As always, there's more Garthon. Check out the comic poll on YouTube, team of segments with Star Trek Online, Secret Legends, other games with Heathen Dog mainly. Uh, past streams, I. I uh, have my individual stream, usually with Heath the Dog, uh, Sunday, 9 p.m. Central, 10 Eastern. Uh, and currently we're teaming up Star Trek Online Thursday and Sunday. Thursday happens at 9.30 Eastern, uh, 9.30 Central. So go ahead and join us for that. Thank you very much. Bounders has been for 16 freaking months. That's fantastic. Thank you, sir.
Battle vs. Garthal is Mr. King, his favorite person in comics. Oh, God. I don't think Tom King is a bad person. I just hate his writing of Batman. You know, I advocate nothing bad to happen to Tom King. I hope only good things happen to him. And one of the best things that can happen to him is for him to never write Batman again. Wait, that's one of the good things for me. Let him write Green Lantern. That's where he needs to be. That's the hot action. Green Lantern. Absolutely. Here to her first. Tom King. TK for GL. Make it happen. No RNG this week because that Batman thing ran long and Heathen Dog is out. So, as you're all, we are trying to go and hit our goals. So, spread the word. Each individual goal hit in 2019 will have a contest specifically for that venue. Uh, we're close. To, we're so close to 100 Twitch subscribers. So close. We only need like two more at this point. If all four goals are held more for three months, have a special at least $1,000 from prizes that we talked about earlier. Tell all your friends and family. Get them involved. Brave says, let him be one of his own Batman characters. Let him stand in the rain on a gargoyle and be sad. So if you want to join the Legion, spread the word. Join us on Discord. Look for look us there. Join us on YouTube. Go to YouTube. Look for Legion Myth. Get our gear. Impress your friends. Intimidate your enemies. Find love with your Legion Myth gear. Shop.spreadshirt.com slash Legion of Myth. Follow us on Twitter at Legion of Myth. We'll tweet you. You tweet us back. I'll think good. Or you tweet us. We'll tweet you back. It's how we do. Now watch us live on Twitch. The best way to interact and be one with Legion of Myth like these fine people in the chat tonight. Baldahar, Ravenslayer, Duncan. Thank you all so much for your participating. Other people in there, too, but that's all I see on this thing right now. Also, LA and Twitch subscriber giveaway is happening 13th of April 2019 for every five sub-entries. Actually, up to three $25 Amazon gift cards. And that's right, folks. You could actually, if you're a subscriber, get all three. You never know. Target hugs. Your gear don't go to 6XXXXL. No, it does not. I talked about that, but we're trying to find a new supplier for that. I am not in control of sizing, my friend. But uh, that previously, we've given away RPG books, video games, and swag. We give away video games, lots of stuff. So spread the word. Follow subscriber giveaway every single month. This month is 13th of April. Join us at Gen Con 2020. We talked about that earlier. Registration is in January. Be there. Join the Legion. Streaming schedule. Live it. Love it. Remember, Elgarians doing Shroud of the Avatar every single weekday and sometimes on the weekends at 9 a.m. The premiere Shroud of the Avatar stream is from Elgarian in association with the Legion of Myth. Make sure you also check out RPOTA, Roleplayers the Avatar, the premier website for roleplaying within Shroud of the Avatar. If you're a hardcore roleplayer and you like Shroud of the Avatar, that is the site for you, rpota.com. And don't forget sodahelp.org, the best help site related to Shroud of the Avatar. You need to know, that's where it is, kids. Sodahelp.org. Check out Heath the Dog. Check out Garthon. Good times. Thank you, everyone, for being with me tonight. Heathen Dog, get well soon. Exercise the heathen demons from your soul, my friend. Get well. You have a, you have a stream tomorrow. <laughs> Take it easy, everyone. Thank you to all of our viewers and fans. Remember, everyone, you have one life. Live it well, live it nerdy, and have a great Daredevil Anomaly.